Hello, and welcome to what is now the Galena Ravina Podcastina. That's right, I changed the name, just a little bit of light rebranding, and I do want to go ahead and address, I've been on like about a two-month hiatus with this, and part of that was that I knew I wanted to go ahead and change the name of the podcast, I knew I wanted to get some new cover art for it, and some of those things take time, they just do. I had to wait for the photo shoot, I had to wait to get the photos back, then it was a couple more weeks of waiting to get the graphics just right, so that I only had to do it once, so that I just had to, you know, pick what layout I wanted, pick what icon I wanted, and just get it all together and get it out to you guys. This episode that you're going to be listening to right now, this was recorded before I did everything. It is from back in April, um, but it's everything we talked about, I think, is, is pretty evergreen. It's not like I really get into um, topical things on this podcast at all. So this episode is going to be with uh, my friend and comedian, Mike Menendez. He has been a close friend of mine since I started doing stand-up, and um, during the Pandy Wandy, he did move back um, with his parents to Miami for a little bit, but I know that he's going to be back in L.A., and when he is, um, you guys should definitely go check out him at some shows. He's very funny, and I think we'll be doing some projects together once he's back, too. But yeah, thanks for um, being patient with me, and hopefully from here on I don't have to do any more hiatuses? Hiati? Hiati? I don't know what the plural of hiatus is, um, if you do let me know. But yeah, it's, it's just been kind of a weird adjustment having to figure out how to get back to normal life, how to go outside again, how to balance doing everything that I was doing during the last year and a half and everything that I'm trying to do from here on. So I'm going to try to keep the episodes a little more consistent. Now that I've got the new name, I'm very excited about it. I'm very excited to keep going with this work, and I hope that you all enjoy the episode. So yeah, this is Mike Menendez. I was thinking about the sketch Padushka today. Oh, yeah. And I'll tell you why. Because right. I found that Spotify has all the now that's what you call music collections. Do you remember those? Of course. <laughs> no. I mean, I guess anybody that had a pulse in the late 90s through early 2000s remembers the now, now that's yeah. what I call music commercials. Uh, it was amazing before Spotify and Napster and all that stuff. It's like, whoa, all the songs are in one place. This very, very expensive CD. It was like $17 or whatever it was. And now it was, know. but it was like 25, 30 tracks. And back then, rock was still pop music. So it's this weird mix of like, you know, boy bands and then R&B and then also rock. And you're and like, then, nobody listens to all of these like this anymore. No, you have to be. It was the perfect. It was the perfect album for schizophrenic people. It was, <laughs> it was but I bring yeah. it up because I was listening to um, one of the songs on one of the nows was the Enrique Iglesias song. Um, Hero. Night we dance, and I heard that line, and that's what made me think of Paducah. Uh, night we dance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what is that Enrique Iglesias song? Jeez, man. 
It's was that was that oh, by Lamo. By Lamo's uh-huh. let the rhythm take you. Oh, he was the worst in English. <laughs> Him and his mole. They had a whole career. Him and his mole. When the mole was on the left side, he was really good. And then when it moved over the right, that's when shit took a major dive. No, he took it off. Did he take it off? No, he put it to the other side. Like that's, <laughs> that's a big that's a big conspiracy theory that I'm the mole to went solo with. and now it has yeah. its own now CD. <laughs> but yeah, we gotta do that. Um anybody that hasn't seen that gold, get over to my I don't, I don't think it's on my YouTube, but if you search my name on YouTube, it'll come up and it's Padushka. And it's Padushka. this incredible sketch that we did <laughs> without giving it's too really, much away. It's One really of us sh- was a talking pillow. It was fun. The idea is a lot of fun, but like, I mean, I got like sweat stains on the damn pillow, like around <laughs> my head. It was so hot in there. And that's why, and that's why I still like really love the idea. Cause I'm like, man, I want to make this at least a decent three minutes, if not like a series or whatever. Yeah, um, no. And, and we will, when I, you're back, we absolutely will. Cause it, it's still, I agree. It's a great concept. It's very original. I've never seen anything like it. And I know it's fun. That doesn't mean okay. That doesn't mean it's good though. When people say I've never seen anything like it, it's like it's like wow, we've never seen a serial killer like Ted Bundy before. It's amazing, like how innovative he is at ending people's lives. It doesn't mean it's a good thing. No, it, it's. I mean it in the good sense. It's absolutely just because it's almost like <clears throat> it should be a cartoon, and it's not. No, I don't want. I, I don't. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't want it to be that either. I really like the idea of like live action. That's it. <laughs> I really have always liked, um, I was a big fan of like 30 Rock, um, huge fan of 30 Rock. Mm-hmm. I really like human cartoons. Me too. I think they're fun. Like the, the, like the characters of 30 Rock would say just the dumbest, like, like I love, like it, it was in the same vein as like Naked Gun and Airplane and Don't Be a Menace to South Central while drinking your juice in the hood. Like just these ridiculous lines that people would just say on a dime that could that don't advance any plot at all is just right. fun. No, what that's my favorite. And and now that we're talking about it, I feel like it would be a great idea because the way that you had written what were going to be future episodes, it's like a sketch, but instead of just being comedy, it's also action, which like nobody's yeah. doing action sketches. No, I, I don't know. The thing is, I don't know if it would fit in right now. Right now, everyone's like very slice of life with their comedy. They want comedy to be really real and poignant. And and I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just saying that's the that's the mode that we're in. But it's it, this stuff goes in phases. There's going to be a, a moment. It's like um, it's like when I hear about Steve Martin, he was talking about, you know, during the Vietnam War, you know, you had comics like Robert Klein and George Carlin coming to the forefront with this really political uh, humor. And meanwhile, like Steve Martin was coming up from the back, but instead of being political, he was like ultra absurd and he was just kind of ready for the next wave. Like once Vietnam settled and, you know, Nixon was out of office, that's all of a sudden when like, when like Steve Martin became the guy because everyone wasn't so political anymore. Like the hippie movement kind of lost its legs because all the hippies became yuppies and had money to spend. Um, right, but we're kind of in yeah. that type of transition too because of course like everybody was so, and, and not that things don't continue to be tense. And of course, like we're still in the pandemic, there's still tons of political issues, but right. it's certainly not, it, it doesn't feel as like 
soul crushing as it did with Trump in office. So for that reason, I kind of think we might be in a similar situation. It's going to be like a roaring 20s, as people keep saying, because people are going to come out of lockdown and they're going to have like just a renewed sense and appreciation for things they didn't get to do for the last year. Yeah, you would think that. But the thing is, is that there's so much stuff to do at home that I think a lot of people will just get used to that and not come out ever again. I could see that. I think I myself am going to have to fight a balance of like giving myself too much permission to stay home because I do really enjoy being home. Um, but I also get like all this energy when I think about going out again and the couple of times I've been back to live comedy things, it, it's mm. just like electric. So I, I am really excited to get out there and hopefully I don't get to that point where I'm taking it for granted again. Cause I was towards the end of things. Like I, I was at a point with open mics where I was just like seething angry that I had to be there knowing full well, like, of course I have to be there. I'm choosing to be here. No one's making me. Um, right. but my patience was just wearing really thin and this like time off couldn't have come at a better time for me to where right. I could like miss comedy again. Cause it had just been six years for me of nonstop just the grinding and the like exhaustion and I, I was just feeling worn down. You know, yeah, I was feeling worn down too. Um, and I've gotten to, I've gotten to be okay because stuff is pretty wide open here in Miami, but right. like I could perform probably four or five nights a week if I wanted to. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm just like, what's the point of rushing back out there right now? doing four or five shows a week it just it makes no sense to me it's like really just take this in and enjoy it and it's been fun i've had really fun sets like i'll perform like a couple times a week and the sets will just have so much more meaning um mm -hmm. i'm really happy to be there and like i gotta make it count and it can't be it can't be a freaking uh it can't be a jazz set i don't have time for jazz sets anymore yeah you know what I mean? where you just go out there and you feel out the baseline like you just you don't got time for shit like that anymore mm -hmm. um and it's fine because you're saying that you like being at home I don't like being at home, but I do love being alone. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. So I I realized that I really love I really love going to a place where just no one knows me, and by the end I've made friends with a bunch of people there, and and that's really what I miss the opportunity to do that. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm hoping to do it again soon. Um, do you come across those situations in Miami? I do. I got to stop giving people fake names so they can really connect with me, but. <laughs> Yeah, no, I do. Like, I'll go to I'll go to basketball parks that like I don't know anyone at the back. I don't go with anybody, so I just do. I just play pickup with those people, or I'll just go to a to a you know a show, a random show, um, and maybe I'll know one or two comedians there mm -hmm. from the Miami scene, and I'll just feel it out. Whatever. I mean, I met I met somebody after a show in um, in the fall. This very nice poet from Fort Lauderdale. And uh, we had only met just that one time. And I said, do you want to run like a show on the beach in Fort Lauderdale? And we'll just invite people to perform off the boardwalk. Oh, wow. And we did know it was amazing. It was an amazing day. But again, I had just met her that one time. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then we, yeah, we put on this fun show. She did poetry. I got to do comedy for like 20 minutes. Um, uh, you know, there was dudes that were clearly homeless uh, that came <laughs> off the sidewalk and played like four songs for us. Some dude who's never performed at all. Uh, sang six Celine Dion songs in a row off his phone. It was weird. Okay. He said, yeah, he said he didn't want to perform and he ended up doing like a half hour Celine Dion set. It's one of those like, 
Which makes me think that might be just what he does. Yeah. He probably performs every night, but he's like, no, no, I've never done it before. Just hoping to be discovered by a record producer. Sounds like a vibrant room. It was fun. It was, and it was on the beach. It was really cool. There was a lot of people who had never performed before Mm -hmm. uh, in in terms of music and, and, um, and poetry. And it was really fun to see them kind of get the, like the kick in their head. Mm-hmm. The kick that you and I used to get all yeah. the time when we first started that we don't get anymore at all. I mean, we have to... I don't know. I'm kind of getting it now just because I've been not out of the game, but like, so there hadn't been a period where I was doing multiple shows in a week, like not really. And mm-hmm. I've started doing um, comedy on Clubhouse. And now I'm doing like three, four, five sets a week. And I hadn't done that you know, even though it is online, obviously not in person, there's still that element of like, oh, I'm missing the live energy, but mm-hmm. I don't feel rusty anymore. And now I'm like ready for actual, I have my first in-person show next week. So I'm like just getting back out there that way. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. I think it's going to feel weird having not done it in over a year um, live. But at the same time, like I said, I don't feel rusty about my jokes. I think my stage presence is just going to like take like a couple sets for me to feel. Have you really not performed in over a year? Not in person. Wow. You should have came to Miami with me. I've been performing nonstop for over a year in person. (laughs) It's uh, it's very reckless out here. Yeah, but uh, I mean, my experience is really common. Some people are just starting to get back out there because there's more things happening. Like now that our numbers have been low and people have been getting vaccinated, but I still have a lot of like, I mean, we we both do. We have close friends that haven't been on stage yet. Yeah. And they love telling us on Instagram, which I find hilarious. (laughs) It's been been a year. Yeah. Really miss this. It's like, it's like, it it makes it seem like, man, I was clean from heroin for one whole year, but this first hit of heroin, the time I get back, it's like, (laughs) I'm going to go back to sending booking emails. Yeah. <laughs> Getting back to hitting my head against the wall, yelling at the devil. Like, right. I didn't miss that. Like now that it's, I'm like, it's barely even back yet. And I'm already getting FOMO and I'm already like, why am I not on that show? <laughs> yeah. Okay. And now it starts all over again. The pettiness and the uh-huh. rejection, it doesn't stop. And then there's people that I, that I hope have quit, which when I come back, I'm like, ah, oh, this person didn't quit. They've got the fighting spirit. They deserve a Modelo. They have the fighting spirit. Um, yeah, I think I'm just going to be more um, selective about where I spend my time and who I spend it with. And um, I, I might yeah, there's some people that quit and there's some people that moved. So like there's one and I'm not going to name names, but I'll probably text you after. But one of my least favorite open micers moved to Texas and that makes me happy. Seems like everybody's least favorite open micers moved to Texas. <laughs> <laughs> It was, it was really, yeah, and, uh, and not to say I'm not an open biker, but, but you know what I mean. Um, yeah, no, that's that's the funniest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, it's like, all, I'm like, oh, good, please, please stay there, like, become fans of the University of Texas, like, really feel out the yeah. community. And really I, I'm happy about it. I'm like, please go. Like, the more people I hear about that are moving to Texas, I'm like, see ya. <laughs> Good for them. You know, I mean, they, they're following a, a wave. Um, you can tell that they really need to, like, be a part of a scene. And mm-hmm. and that's a big part of comedy for them. Um, I've never been the, the hangout guy. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't like a party. Like, I like just showing up and doing my thing and then going. And, and not to say that... Uh, that you like that, a party. It depends who's at the party. It just can't be any party. But you like a party. 
I like a party, but I like a party where I don't know anybody. Like that's, <laughs> that's my favorite party to go to. Like I don't know if this is a Dr. Seuss book, but like my favorite places are places I've never been. Like that's seriously that sounds like some Dr. Seuss shit. It my does. favorite places are places I've never been. Or it sounds like a it sounds like some shit a basic woman would put on her Instagram. <laughs> my favorite cities are cities I've never been. And she pronounces it bean because she's terrible. There's part of you that's a basic woman at heart, though. We know. I really do, yeah. I really do believe that about myself. I think I'm a basic <laughs> basic person at heart. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I mean, that's good Good for them. I hope they can establish, like, a real scene out in Texas. That would be fun to have, like, another scene that's not L.A., New York, or Chicago that's really big and really lucrative for the people that are there. So. Yeah, I, I agree. I uh, hope to have some couches to crash on and yeah. at some point. Um, I mean, I don't like bats or, or heat or Texas, but I'll try it. Mm -hmm. I think Miami could be that, definitely. Miami could so? definitely be that. Yeah, I think it's a nice combination of this scene has been really been building itself like the last five to six years. And every time I've come back, I'm just like, man, had this been here, I might have never left. <laughs> um, I might have never left. There's a, a lot of really good young comics here. Mm -hmm. and they're all like really hungry and now you're having people from new york and la kind of come down here and mix with the with the energy that's that was already here and it's kind of like it's fun it's it's a lot of fun to see it's fun to be down here and and luckily you know i'm I'm cool with the the people that were already here so they they uh graciously throw me on their their wonderful shows um that's awesome yeah Real so, fun scene. <laughs> My dog is playing Mila. a very loud toy. This always happens. Mila. Okay, she left it alone. Menace. How old is she now? She's 12. She's still got that energy, man. That's, that's hilarious. I know. I'm very lucky. And I just got her started on a <laughs> very expensive multivitamin for senior dogs. Can you say that sentence again? And... and <laughs> And try not to laugh. Like, like, really say it seriously. Yeah. <laughs> I just got her stomach. I can't. Okay. What would you say fight, it to fight me off, like that? Fight off, fight off your shitty dolphin laugh and, <laughs> and really say it with sincerity. Like, really when you say, say it like that, I really can't say it with a straight face. But okay, I'll try. Okay, no, okay. Well, then tell me the sentence, and maybe okay. like, maybe I maybe I could do it. Law and Order Special Victims Unit style. Let me see if I could do it. I bought her a very expensive multivitamin for senior talk. Right. I can't. I know. I know, because you understand how ridiculous you are now. So, and I'm glad to help you with that. Let me see if I can do it, though. I bought, what is it? I bought my dog a very expensive multivitamin for senior dogs. Yes. I, Galena, okay, well, you can't laugh while I'm doing it. Like, this, I can see you laughing. I have to hide off camera just and laugh finally. Okay, just because you can't get through it doesn't mean you should stop me from getting through it, okay? Like, so I'm <laughs> Go ahead. Shit. God, this is why actors go off like on sets, man. Just like get that third key grip out of here. I can't. That is why I don't act. Yeah, all right. Let me see. I um I bought my dog a very expensive um multivitamin for for senior dogs. <laughs> see? That's how you do it. That's how you sell. <sighs> 
your terrible life on a podcast. <laughs> I spent my whole life living paycheck to paycheck, and the minute I get some money, this is what I fucking do. I know. Isn't that the worst part? This is the most money we've ever had. It's yes. really strange. Yeah. And I'm like, this is what I would have been buying had I been better off before. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't, and I haven't bought too many. For, I'm probably going to buy a Cuban link. That might be the first thing I buy. Okay, stupid question. What's a Cuban link? It's a it's a chain. Like a lot of rappers wear it. Oh, like a gold chain. It's like a gold chain. It could be it could be silver. Um, mm -hmm. It's really cool. Um, and I I just I don't have a I don't have a necklace or a chain or anything like that. I don't. Miami is changing you. It's not changing me. I've always wanted to wear a a Cuban link, but I never did because I thought again the visual aesthetic of a of a white a guy that looks white wearing that. Yes. And then I was like, and I'm back in Miami. I was like, oh, the Cuban guys here wear chains. I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot. It's called a Cuban link. I mean, it's just I, it's just <laughs> a link to us, but to everybody else, it's a Cuban link. And I'm like, I should be the first one wearing it. And I should stop thinking about these things. Mm -hmm. And every time I see a man who is not Cuban with that on, I'm be like, hey, give it up. Give it up right now. You give is it, it cultural appreciate appropriation? I would say it's cultural appreciation. Yeah. <laughs> first, I think whatever that Freudian slip was. Well, certain cultural appropriation is due to cultural appreciation plus ignorance, right? Right. Right. Yeah. I I don't know. I I don't even know what the rules are anymore. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna dress in in gray every day and hope <laughs> I don't piss anybody off. Just just gray shirt, gray pants, and white tennis shoes and walk through life not offending anybody ever now that you mention it you wearing gray in the background with the gray tile and the darkening ceiling it does look like a little bit like a floating head <laughs> yeah it does all right too yeah there you go um but yeah speaking of my dog's multivitamins do you take multivitamins no no, no? Um, never no, I'm, a vibrant, I'm a vibrant young man no <laughs> Tell me about, like, what are you doing to take care of yourself these days? Because I know, like, before you left L.A., you were into running and basketball, and, like, you had shed a lot of weight pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sh I've shed even more weight since then. Um, I've added things that I didn't have time, so I play, like, I play a lot of basketball. I've gotten friends of mine involved with me that have never really played, mm -hmm. and they love it. And we're all getting together and playing. Actually, the greatest, I haven't had any relationships during the the uh, the COVID year. Don't tell my girlfriend that, but I haven't had any relationships. Uh, during the pandy <laughs> I haven't had any relationships during COVID. Uh, but the one, the closest thing I've had to a relationship was, is that I played basketball with this guy I met in the park <laughs> like two or three days a week. His name is Ken. He's he's six foot four. He played like D one like fifteen years ago. Mm -hmm. He's a little older than me. He whoops my ass every time, but I'm I'm younger than him, so he'll hobble off the court like after every. He'll beat me most days like seven games to three, mm -hmm. but they're all really close. And then he'll beat me and say he'll he'll say really demeaning shit like I really had to try that time. I'm like that doesn't make me feel any better, Ken. Like and we're just like. We're yelling at each other all the time. Like, people stop and watch us because we're always, like, yelling at each other. Just the juxtaposition of this really small Cuban guy yelling up at this very tall Puerto Rican man. It's, yeah. it's, they really love seeing that. So that's been, like, the best relationship I've had in the past year. He's a really cool guy. He's from New York. Uh, he, he's into music, and he's a videographer. He's from Queens. And he's just been, he's been toughening me up. He's like a big brother that 
because I'll have like emotional freakouts during athletic competitions. Like I'm just extremely competitive. And every time I'm about to like have a little breakdown, he's like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to soften up just because you're crying like a bitch. And I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. So I guess I have to keep playing. <laughs> it's fervor. So yeah, that, um, I've been boxing more. I started playing tennis. Actually, you know who was here? Hmm. Um, three weeks ago is uh, Alex Hooper of America's Got Talent fame. Alex Were Hooper. Were you walking a tightrope with him there? No. So he's he's in like a tennis league out there. Oh, no kidding. In LA. Have you heard about it? I think it's like him. I think he said it's... I don't want to shout out the people who, who are in the tennis thing, but yeah. Alex Hooper's in it. I think and I know who's in it, actually, because they play by me at Pan Pacific and I've run into them. So I, I know who's in that league. I yeah, just they're know like a comedian... Was. Yeah, so I played with Hooper, and I had been playing for a little bit, but I haven't played in, like, I ha you know, I've only been playing for a few months. Hooper's been playing for, like, three or four years. And I thought, because, you know, I do all this this crazy amount of exercise where I'm running all the time, I'm like, oh, this will be great. But yeah. who, he's literally, we played, like... But it's sprinting. It's sprinting, but he, but, but here's the thing. He, we played two sets in the hot ass Miami sun. Mm -hmm. And he's, he's just great at returning the ball over, returning <laughs> the ball over. I'm trying to like, like burn a hole through his face with the ball. <laughs> I'm trying to do like cartoon shots at him. Uh -huh. And he's just, he's just hitting it over. And, and I realized I, I ended up losing both sets, six, one, six, two. Those were the sets. I only won three total games and two sets. And I realized I'm like, Oh, he he just wants to, he's not trying to kill me. He's just trying to get it over mm -hmm. until I get so annoyed and my brain gets so frazzled that I just uh -huh. make a mistake on my own. Right. And that's been like a really big part of like, you know, playing playing the stuff that I've been playing over the last year. Just like, oh yeah, I'm I'm pretty weak mentally when it comes to like just tense moments. I think, why are like, you over it's because of being overly competitive? It's a being overly competitive and like, and it's, it's, um, it's just about staying present. It's just mm -hmm. about staying present. I know it's like a very cliche thing to say, but. No, but that's what draws people into sports, I think. And that's like, I kind of wish that I had more sport versions of X, like everything I do for exercise outside of like walking um, is very much like straightforward exercise. It's like a Pilates class or it's like I'm jump roping. Like, it, it, you know, it's not a game of any type. And I do really miss jujitsu and I do plan on going back because that was the, the only thing that I was involved in where you're doing something else and you're getting exercise. You're not just like specifically going for exercise. You're like learning a skill. And that's what's cool about you doing basketball and that because you do have to be mindful you're playing a game and you're getting exercise. Like you don't have time yeah. to be thinking like, what do I have to get at the grocery store? Yeah, no, it's, it's so much fun. And the thing is, I hate, I hate people that I play with. They're just like, why are you taking this so seriously? It's just basketball. I'm like, you're missing the point entirely. Then please get off the court right now. <laughs> I, it, the whole point is that I take this so seriously. I forget that it's not actually serious. Mm -hmm. And the rest of my life is serious and it doesn't bring me down how serious everything is all the time. <laughs> there have been like true moments during this pandemic that I forgot there was a pandemic. And really? those have been like really, oh yeah, I've had some really happy moments where I forgot like there was a pandemic. I've had shows that like have gone really well 
and you know, people are laughing and I'm having, I'm having a good time with my friends and some of my family members that haven't seen me in years are in the audience. Yeah. And everyone's laughing and having a good time. And I'm, you know, I'm drinking and smoking a cigarette and just really enjoying myself. And then the show ends and everyone puts those masks back on and I'm just like, Oh, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's a curfew. So I have to be home by like 11 or 10 or whatever it is. Oh, there's genuinely a curfew there. I'm sorry. There was, there was. There's, there's not anymore. The problem was that, and it was mainly in South beach the last month because mm-hmm. the problem with Miami is that everyone, everyone from other places that's terrible comes here is like for four months or 16 years or whatever. Like they just do, I was the spring break here. It looked like it looked like Cuba during Prohibition. It's just every. I heard that it was just like insane. Oh, just the worst people too. They weren't masked up or anything like that. They're just being ridiculous. Just woo! I'm just like go back to Connecticut, please go back to Connecticut. It won't be like that when I'm there in June, will it? No, I won't be like that in June. I and we're I don't I would never take you to places like that. I only went there because I was doing like a gig at a hotel. Mm Hmm. Like on the pool deck and stuff like that. I don't hang out in South Beach. Yeah. I actually went to the Clevelander for the first time because a couple of, uh, of friends of mine were visiting from Los Angeles and they, they like doing all that shit. They like, they like, you know, they're, they like going to Vegas and, and staying at the hotels and like going to Miami Beach and going to the Clevelander. And I just, and I realized I'm like, man, I've grown up in Miami. I've never had a drink at the Clevelander before. And I, and I went and I was like, yeah, I'm not having another drink at the Clevelander ever again. That shit is whack, man. It's just like a bougie hotel. It's just, you know, those kind of like settings. I liked being with my friends and they had, they were with some cool people, Mm -hmm. Um, but I didn't have to pay for anything because it it was like that, those type of, that type of group. They were really gracious to me. They were really wonderful. But I was like, if I had to pay for this setting right now, I would be very upset. Yeah, I know what you mean. I feel that way about that scene too. Yeah, it's just weird. I just like, I don't know. I mean, when I was in high school, here in Miami, um, you know, people had fake IDs mm-hmm. in high school and they would go to nightclubs. Club Space was a big place that people would go. And I went like once to that place and I was like, this is, this is really shitty. I can't hear anything. This is <laughs> bad. No one's really dancing. They're doing like this weird, like aggressive, like don't get near me dancing. <laughs> and I swear after a while, I'm just like, I just told my friends, I'm like, do you guys want to get like a $9 bottle of rum and a pack of Black and Miles and play dominoes for like three hours? And we would play dominoes and smoke Black and Miles and have a good time. And, you know, that was, that was, that was really what I love doing. Yeah. Um, I think the clubs, particularly when you're that age, cause I remember feeling the same way. They're just appealing cause you think they're supposed to be and you're still trying to you know, navigate, and you're like, oh, this is off limits for me because I'm not 21 yet, so this must be cool, and we should try to do this, and we would go to these, like, teen clubs and still find a way to get drunk and whatnot, but, yeah, just in retrospect, it's the dorkiest thing ever. It is, and and frankly, like, the more money you have to put into an experience, the like, how good is that experience really? Like depends you, what it is. I mean, money for travel is you know. Sure, money for travel is good, but like when I go, what I like about being a com- what I like about doing comedy is that I get to really go to like cool places that like local. Like I get to entertain local people. Mm-hmm. And like I remember the first time I went to San Francisco, and I'd want I'd always wanted to go to San Francisco my whole life. I'd always wanted to go to San Francisco, and I'm so glad that I waited until I was a comedian. 
Mm-hmm. to go because that first time I went over the will uh, it's I think it's called the Willie Brown bridge it's not the Golden Gate but it's the it's the other bridge yeah um, I don't know what it's called it was just the most beautiful sight it was amazing and I was like I get to perform tonight mm-hmm. and I went <clears throat> and I did the setup over there which is one of my favorite shows in the country and it's in the middle of the tenderloin which the if anyone who's listening has not been to San Francisco the tenderloin is like if Saved by the Bell and The Wire were on the same street, <laughs> like you got like these white kids complaining, <laughs> you got like these white college kids complaining about their about their shitty relationships, and then you've got like some dude like open air <laughs> offering crack. It's it's insanity. And then you go down to this little. There's like no sign in front of the bar, and then you go in and it's kind of dark. And there's like craft beers. I'm like, oh okay, this place is a little nicer, even though the outside is just terrible. And you go down this basement, there's this really wonderful little comedy club there. And it's like, I'm so glad that like my first time in San Francisco is, is doing that show. Mm-hmm. I, that's what I like to do. I, it's really hard for me to go places where I'm not performing. Right. Yeah. So what else have you been doing? Like when you say there's been moments where you forgot it was a pandemic, like what else are you doing to distract yourself to like stay healthy? Um, I mean, to, to it's not about distraction. It's just really understanding that this is all temporary and I'm just enjoying the time. I mean, I'm, I've been reconnecting with family members I haven't seen in a long time. And like uh, this weekend, I house sat for my aunt and I stayed with her dog. Oh, and it was cool. They have like a nice little creek in the back and I went rowing. I went kayaking and I haven't done that. I don't, I don't know if I've ever done that. So I did that. And I stayed with this very wiry ass dog for like an entire <laughs> weekend. And it was so weird because he, uh, he, he's very big. He's a very big dog, mm-hmm. but he's very sweet. He's not aggressive at all. He's just needy as shit. He's like a big dog with little dog neediness. And, <laughs> and so I tried to have him sleep in the bed with me because I didn't want to sleep on I didn't want to put him in the cage. And he's, he's just like, He's laying in the bed with me, but he's not going to sleep. He's like Aww. nudging at me. He's like he thinks like we're gonna play. He's just like nudging at me, like Mike, what are you afraid of? It's like shut up, like go to sleep, <laughs> Mike. Like, you know. And then I would get him off the bed, so maybe he'd sleep on the floor, and then I'd hear him from under the bed, like Mike. I'm like, oh, <laughs> so I would have to lock him up in the cage, and then I'd I'd hate it because I I couldn't go to sleep like knowing this dog was in a cage. Right. So then eventually I went to the living room there's two couches there mm-hmm. and i slept on the couch and i guess that made him feel comfortable to sleep on the other couch Aww. like like oh cool we're both gonna have some beers and just pass on the couch cool me and my buddy mike just pass on the couch after some law and order special victims unit oh yeah i wish i um, could have told you this earlier and i get what you mean about not like feeling bad that he's in a cage but just so you know, dogs are actually den animals and they enjoy being in small spaces. And sometimes they're really, really fond of their, like, if he willingly goes into his cage, that means he likes it and feels safe there. I guess, but I, well, I, well, thanks. It's, I counterintuitive. it's counterintuitive. I have three goddamn nights on a couch. I just told you that. Like, why would you tell me that after I just told you I slept on a couch? Sorry. <laughs> you should have texted me. <laughs> Yeah, Colleen, what do I do with the dog? And by the way, how are you? It's been months. Um, I will happily, you don't even have to ask me how I am. I am happy to answer dog questions always. Okay. 
so I did, you know, just little stuff like that. I've taken it. I've spent a lot of time, like when I work my, the job that I'm working, um, I work it for my computer. I'll, I work at my cousin's house a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, and he, 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 we're really close. Luckily he got divorced last year. And by luckily, I mean, for me, he got divorced because <laughs> we've been able to spend all this time together because he's one of the only like single guys. Um, Do you have a lot of family that's kind of in your age group there? Some, some, but it's hard for me to kind of connect with the people that are around my age group mm -hmm. because a lot of them are getting married and having kids and they like having me over and it's, yeah. and the, the kids like me because I'm a big goofball. Um, but it's not like I can come over multiple times a week or anything like that. Right. Um, <clears throat> yeah. With my cousin Max, it's, it's been a lot of fun. He's like a really great guy and he's, uh, he's really into in, inter Miami, the soccer club. So he took me to like their inaugural game last year at the stadium that was like it was it was supposed to be distanced and it was so not and i took a i took a covid test it was so weird it was this whole big stadium and they had like um they had a section for the families on one side of the stadium and they said oh we're going to have a section for the fans so they had like the end zone mm -hmm. was all for the fans but it was one end zone so most of the stadium is empty but all the fans are in the end zone. Oh, like, no. On, and I was like, this is so Super I know. And I was, I, I put my, I put my face mask on and everything like that. And I stayed away from everybody and I got tested and luckily I'm good. Mm -hmm. um, but that was a fun event. So I've gotten to do that. Um, I've reconnected with a lot of friends that, I, you know, used to call me in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. And I've gotten to be, gotten to finally be in front of them. Um, I've been around, uh, you know, w women that I thought I'd marry one day and I've gotten to know them and I'm like, nope, not marrying that one. So that's good to get, like, mark that shit off. Like, really get to know them as people and know it will never work. Um, it's like you needed to go home for a while. Yeah, it's like I needed to go home just to be like, oh, this person's terrible for me. Um, uh, <laughs> or, uh, you know, it, it's cool to see who, you know, you, you've grown, you grow apart from people, but it's cool to see who kind of grows into you like there's people who i wasn't necessarily as close with before but because of kind of the trajectory our lives have taken we've now become more important to one another mm -hmm. if that makes sense yeah absolutely yeah yeah like my yeah like my cousin he was in a thing for a little while he was a relationship guy and then you know the thing didn't work out as as as, as it happens sometimes um, and now we've been able to become like ultra close. We were always close, but we've been able to come, become like ultra close because of this. Um, well, well, that's been fun. Um, yeah, and just anytime someone asks me for a favor, or I go to. I my mom has this secretary uh, from like ten years ago. She's been retired for like ten years. Mm -hmm. I go to mass with her like every Thursday. I'm not really. You do. I'm not religious at all. I just like going with her because you know. I didn't think so. That's that yeah. surprised me. No, that's cool. I'll say a prayer or whatever, something like that. And, you know, I'll try not to think about sex like while I'm in there for an. <laughs> just but then at pay. the same time, like, what's hornier than a church? It's really hot in there. <laughs> you know what's funny is that I was, and I hate. I wish I could be a truly pious person. I really hate that I can't be. Why? Because because Why do you want can, to be? Because oh. there's something, there's there's some kind of comfort that comes with that. Uh, 
there's a I think there's a stillness and a, and a comfort that comes with that because I was in there today and I was trying I was sitting next to her while she was praying or distanced and I'm just thinking about like you know it's it's like almost like take time to half pray half meditate in there yeah and then there's this lady next to me on my right side who is whisper praying <laughs> But I can't hear what she's saying, but I know she's saying something. So she's going like, basa, 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 basa. Uh-huh. we can all hear, we can all hear her. Yeah. And what and is the protocol? Like, I don't, what are you, you're supposed to just do it silently? You know, I think you could do that, but I'm just like, the, I, I had the urge to just turn to her and be like, Lower or higher, you can't, like either either I don't hear it at all, or you let me know what you're saying. I can't hear. It, it was just I I had the urge to do that today in mass. That's not good. That's not good at all. No, it's not very Christian. No, it's not mass. It's not mass by the way. It's it's just a chapel that you can go yeah. in. And sit in. Um, That's interesting. But then, like, I get what you're saying. Where it's nice that you're getting that quiet, but like you would get that just from if you had your own meditation practice. Do you ever try to? No, I'm just, I, the meditation <laughs> kick hasn't hit me just yet. No, has it crossed no. your mind? No, again, I just like, I like, and I talk about it all the time, just like basketball is where I go to kind of just mm-hmm. ease all that and stay present. I mean, I really just think meditation is just the art of staying present. It just, it keeps, it's partially, about- but there's, there's something to be found in stillness too. Like when you get both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mental stillness. Mental stillness, but also physical stillness, because then, like, you at least the way that I try to meditate, and I've been actually, like, pretty good lately with actually huh. doing it in the morning, because for months on end, I'll be like, I'm going to meditate, and then I don't, but I have been lately. And for me, it's about, like, sitting in my body and, like, feeling what's happening with me just sitting there as opposed to doing anything. Like, I'll be like, okay, I'm sitting here, on this breath, I'm going to think about my hips and how they feel, or I'm going to think about like the bottoms of like the parts of my knees that are hitting the ground. Like how do they feel? And I just do like this body scan in stillness and I can like release tension from parts of my body that are tense while I'm sitting there that I like maybe didn't even notice until I checked. It sounds like you could use an expensive multivitamin for senior dogs. <laughs> I could. You sound, I feel like you're having senior dog problems. Um, <laughs> Things do yeah, hurt now for no reason. Yeah, really? Sometimes, yeah. I have to, <laughs> if I don't do like a couple stretches, like I feel really feel like shit. I have to do a little bit of stretching every day. I feel so good. I'm really glad I was fat for most of my life. Like... And now I'm doing the in shape thing. Mm-hmm. I'm really happy about it because it's like I was put. It's like I was like putting weight on my body so it could adjust when we got older, and the weight came off. But the so you're saying work, you're not having the same like pains? No, I don't have. I don't have aches. I don't have pain or anything like that. Like um, I, I definitely I just, have a lot of stiffness, but I also have to do a lot with my back. I have to do like stretches for my back all the time because I drive so much for work and like sitting in the car is not good for you no i haven't noticed that I've, I've been very comfortable with all that but i am noticing that now i'm getting lingering lingering pain um if i get hurt doing something like so for instance me and me and my 
basketball partner, he he hit me, he he blocked a shot and he jammed my finger. He jammed my middle finger. Oh. Um, I know, a terrible person. And <laughs> that was six weeks ago and my finger still feels jammed. Mm. Um, it's not jammed, but I can feel like the lingering effects right. of it jammed. Yeah, something. that's, that's what happens now is that things linger faster. I got like an allergy test to like three weeks for the marks to leave my arms. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay, you're like way ahead, even though you're like younger than me. It's, <laughs> it's just, yeah. I'm also, I think... I think there's a little bit of a genetic disadvantage to being Jewish because I just feel like we're like more achy and sneezy. Just by oy, 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 vey. I will not, I will not entertain this kind of conversation. <laughs> there's, there's <laughs> like a, there's a kind of a known thing that we just have more allergies. And so that's like a constant issue for me, but I am getting allergy shots right now, which is supposed to permanently get rid of them. Nice. The person, per, well, okay, yeah. It's like and getting the, vaccinated slowly for your own allergies. Yeah, and the, the Hispanic people don't have much of that. We are short, pudgy people, I will say that most of the time. Very Is that short. The case with, uh, no, you know what? I'm just going to. <laughs> I'm well, just going to bail out of this conversation before I say well, something I'm going to regret. What, with Cuban people? I was going to say, is that like the body type? Yeah, there's Cuban people by and large are very short. Okay. Very short. Yeah. We don't we don't tower over anybody. Um, <laughs> just short and wiry. A lot of lot of energy. Mm-hmm. Very uh, very Italian like type people. Like very short and very loud. Um, Is your I, family uh, on the same energy level? Because I would say you're no, energetic. No, no, no. They've they've all gone into relationships and dimmed their light. Um, I've kept <laughs> mine. I've kept mine shining like throughout my life. Uh, no, I I've always had an insane amount of obnoxious energy. Mm-hmm. And it's weird. Like I f- I feel bad for anyone that's ever been with me because like I'm constantly like going. Um, you know what I mean? Like I'm constantly going. You going do always on. act like you just had a cup of coffee. I know. I'm always, like, really energetic, and it was really annoying, and I felt bad because when I first started stand-up, I was really annoying. I was constantly doing bits off stage because I just had all this energy, mm-hmm. uh, and then it, it was only later that I was like, oh, yeah, people don't think this is cute or endearing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> did someone tell you that, or did you come to it on your own? No, no, no. Plenty of people told me that, but finally I just got it. I was like, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> We're supposed to talk about... Um, I thought it was endearing, but it's true. Uh, it, we would always just be like, Mike's just never off. <laughs> no, no. I, I'm off now, and it sucks because people think now I'm, like, suicidal when I'm off. And it's like... When you're just like, no, I just learned how to keep it down. Yeah, it's like, people think now, like, I'm depressed because I'm quieter. It's like, dude, just pick one. Which one do you guys want? Yeah, okay. I just, I don't have a middle. I don't know the middle. I'm very sorry. <laughs> I'm, either going, I'm either at rest or I'm going a thousand miles per hour. I, like, I... It's fun to me. It's it keep it, it. It's my connection to who who I was as a kid. I mean, I think that's part of the fun of being in a creative field. You kind of kind of have to stay connected to whatever that initial thing is. Um, yeah, and just I don't know. Energy levels are some people just are naturally high energy, and I don't even think it yeah. has anything to do like it, it. Of course, will seep into your art and whatever you're doing. 
But even if you were like an accountant, you would just be an energetic accountant, you know? Yeah, that would be really shitty for people's taxes if I was <laughs> like, I would just be like, we gotta get these out of here. Like, why is he stapling the wall and laughing and making jokes? He's not paying attention. Oh, I know I'll end up giving like a five thousand dollar tax return to a drug dealer, like really, <laughs> like really fuck up the accounts. Um, no, it was here's a perfect example. Um, I had a friend of mine, a childhood friend of mine, visit me in Los Angeles, uh, and she stayed with me for, like, I want to say 10 days. She was only supposed to say six, but she couldn't find another place. I was like, ah, you can stay with me, whatever. So I, I slept on the couch, and I gave her I gave her my bed because, you know, but my mom, like, my mom raised me right. So I was like, yeah, you're my friend, and obviously I can't stay in the bed with you. So, yeah, you can stay in my room, and I'll be on the couch. So what would happen was, because she's a little more, like, normal, and not wiry <laughs> I would come home after a late night of doing comedy and hanging out at a bar or something like that whatever I was doing I would come home really late so she wouldn't see me come home and then I would get up before her to go for a run or something uh-huh. so she barely saw like she would see me she would just see me constantly going and and they you know someone from back home asked asked them like what is it like hey like staying with mike for like 10 days and mm-hmm. she goes i don't know when he sleeps i have no idea when he sleeps and things i do sleep it's just once i get up i'm gone i don't have like that i don't have like that i gotta be in bed for i got i gotta be in bed for an hour more and it's not like i'm happy to greet the day yeah like it's like i just gotta go if i'm happy i'm like yeah let's go do fun stuff if i'm angry i'm like let's go like break shit like i just have to do something I'm the opposite. I really like putter around in the morning to the point where I won't take work appointments at certain times because I don't want to be forced to wake up to an alarm and then miss my puttering around at home time. Puttering. Puttering. I feel only little people could putter. <laughs> well, then I am a natural born putterer because I, I will sit up and check my phone and like check the stock market for like 30 minutes. Then I take Mila out. Then I make my coffee. I get back into bed and I read until I finish my coffee, which is like probably another 20 to 30 minutes. And then I meditate or I stretch like I putter. And then after you're done with all that, you skedaddle. Another short person. Uh, <laughs> skedaddle. Uh, yeah, I, I wash like, my face. I put on expensive like, products, and then I skedaddle. Yeah, I, I feel like puttering and skedaddling are things that short people do. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like I've never heard. Like no one's ever interviewed Kevin Durant and said what's your morning routine like and he's like i put her in the morning and it's like no no you're seven feet tall you can't put her in the morning <laughs> <laughs> you sloth. must be this short to putter yeah i i think that what do you think the cutoff for puttering is i say five five four. five four for puttering anyone over five four is not puttering they're just meandering yeah yeah, yeah okay i got it it really does seem like a yeah it's and it really does graduate from puttering to meandering yeah, yeah, right, right. <laughs> and then when you get too tall, then you're um, loitering. Yeah. And you need to get out of the house because it's yeah. not your house. <laughs> yeah, but I've, I've learned to be a little calmer and just uh, a little What does that do to? Is that because you just wanted to be calmer? I was just tired of the way it affected people around me. They thought there was some there was something wrong with me. It's not, there's nothing wrong with me. I just like, I like moving. Um... I think it's being back here with my family and everything like that. And all my family, they're just older. Yeah. 
So like the gravity of how they're looking at me just means more than, you know, whatever lax friends or whatever that I have in Los Angeles. Like, it's like, oh yeah, people are actually worried because I'm not calm. <laughs> and then, you know, my mom has seen me a bunch and she's like, you just, I was just like, I just really, she's like, you just like making shit up to, to like ponder and just like, you constantly have to be doing or thinking of something. And it's, <laughs> it's not, it's not, it's not worth anything. You punk bitch. My mom called me a punk. No, I'm playing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel bad. And I look back in retrospect. I was like, oh, I think about this one time, man. I think about this one time. I was at I was at um I was at Costco with an ex girlfriend. Mm-hmm. I feel so bad. She was like buying me. She was like she ended up buying me like stuff for this like this birthday barbecue I had. Mm-hmm. And I felt so bad because I was thinking back on that. It, it the place was just filled, and I kept running ahead of her to pick up stuff in other lanes, like fast, and just like meet her in the middle, and just like it was like a relay race for me. You were acting like you were on that a show where they filled the cart really fast. Yeah, like I was just trying to get out of there. I was like, because I just didn't want to be around that many people. And then I just remember her face, and for some reason, her face was just so much more vivid in my brain now than it was yeah. at the time. I was like, oh yeah, that freaked her out. Cause I was just kind of like, she thought I was like upset or frazzled or whatever it was. I was like, no, nah, I just not like Costco. I just don't like crowds, man. I don't like crowds of any kind. Like I, I God, a, another ex-girlfriend, uh, she made me stand in line at Burger Shack when it, or Shake Shack. What's this shit? Uh, Shake Shack. When it came out, um, in LA, she, we were driving by and she goes, Mike, do you want to go uh, stand in line for Shake Shack because it's just open. I'm like, that's like an hour and a half line. Yeah. And she's wow. like, but let's do it. It's probably good. I'm like, sweetheart, I don't stand in lines that long unless it's the DMV. Like, that's the only, and that's because I have to be at the DMV. Right. Um, and, we, and sure enough, we did it. Like, I just, I played ball. We did it. We stood in line for an hour with everybody. And then we went and I asked her, how is it? She goes, it's good. It's not staying in line for an hour. Good. I'm like, yeah, oh, there's no, no freaking burger is worse. I've never understood people lining up for like, for hours or being in a, in a congregating in like just too big of a place. I've been to music festivals and stuff like that, but that's because I've luckily had cool passes because I knew someone um, and I was able to wander in sections that weren't as populated. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. I also have never understood the waiting in line to buy stuff. Like, I'm always very judgy when I'm driving down that chunk of Fairfax where, like, people are in line for sneakers around the block. And I'm like, there's no there's no pair of sneakers. But I will say, like, here's another thing short people do. Dilly-dally. I love to dilly-dally <laughs> in, oh, in a Costco. You, 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 in a Carter, you skedaddle and you dilly-dally. Got it. Dilly-dally. Yeah. We got to do like a children's book for short people. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that all children's books are for short people? No, but like a grown ass woman who's short, like it's just about her. (laughs) And then it's not really for children. It's just for short women. (laughs) And it has to be a name that the first name and the last name rhyme. Like Amelia Bedelia, because that's what makes it cool. Like Galena Ravina. Like Galena Ravina. That's exactly what we're gonna have a children's <laughs> book about Galena Ravina making it through her her uh her, uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna call your age out. Making it through her age. <laughs> <laughs> 
meandering and puttering and dilly-dallying about <laughs> with her 12-year-old dog. <laughs> <laughs> Who's also small. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, uh, that's so funny. Now I'm trying to think of other... Well, dilly-dallying just came to me. I don't know what other words live in that same atmosphere as those three. And that all apply to me. <laughs> yeah, there's got to be others. There's got to be other small, smaller people. Uh, mm-hmm. Herbs. Scoot. Scoot. No, yeah, scoot. Yeah, scoot. I like that. Uh, tumbleweed away. No, that's <laughs> no. <laughs> no, that's your new low energy self. Tumbleweeds away. That's my new low energy self. I, I'm quite enjoying it. I'm enjoying the lower energy things. Like ah, I don't have anything to prove when I'm not when I'm not performing. There's nothing. There's no. It feels good to kind of just be like, just save it all for like when you actually get up. Because mm-hmm. no one likes it. And honestly, now that I'm the quieter guy, like at these places, and then I pick I pick my spots to say things. I'm looking at the younger guy that is that guy, and I'm like, oh, that's fucking annoying. I was that guy. That's shitty. That's really really shitty. And then I, I follow him to his car and I murder him so he doesn't have to ever be me. And, this is uh, being recorded. Yeah, yeah. That's another... Th- yeah, but it's Miami, so it doesn't actually count <laughs> towards a crime that you can be indicted for. Um, that's the rule. What would you say, are you different in Florida? Is a Florida Mike different than California Mike? I mean, Florida Mike is a, is a serial killer. So, yeah, I guess... <laughs> you uh, saw No, I'm not... I'm not... I just think it's it's a different scene. Like it, there's, like Los Angeles is just everybody's like, what what I've said recently to someone about Los Angeles is that in Los Angeles, what makes it exciting is that people are either running from something or they're running towards something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But but you're only doing one. So <laughs> the the trick is to to only hang out with people that are running towards something. Now, every once in a while, you run into people who are running from something and you mm-hmm. find it out later. Um, but in Miami, it's not really running from or running towards us, you know, because I know people from here. Right. No one's running from anything or running towards it. They're just staying and they're just establishing their lives. So I'm I'm calm by proxy because other people are just calm around me. Yeah. Like, like there's comedians that I know here in Miami that they don't even talk, they don't, they don't talk about LA or New York. It's not, it's not to say that they wouldn't want to go there. It's just like, they don't talk about it. Like they're just really happy with just doing comedy right now here. And, and, and they're just as funny as many people that I've met in, in LA, New York and Chicago, San Diego, San Francisco. They're just as funny. Well, that's um, what's gorgeous about, that's what's gorgeous, <laughs> beautiful about comedy. You, you can do it anywhere. You can do it anywhere um i understand why people would like to go to the bigger cities because mm-hmm. there is that like there I, I don't think i'm at i because i really like where i'm at right now mm-hmm. in my life and my uh in in what little <laughs> what little evidence i have of, of a career uh i i like it right now and I, I don't think i'd get there if i'm not in los angeles for the time that i was there because mm-hmm. you just you're around like you're just around like everyone you're, you're around everyone trying to do it on a consistent basis you get to see all the best acts in the same place right i mean it's it's crazy i've gotten to see you, you know it was, I, I got to see dick gregory right before he died oh did you that's awesome 
I got to see him at the improv. This is a man who's been doing comedy for like six decades mm-hmm. um, and was running for president at one point and was like, you know, the live at the Playboy Club guy. Like he's just had, he's had so many lives as a comedian, as an activist. And I got to see him at the improv in Hollywood because he just like, he just did like a one-off that they had announced the day before. And I'm like, man, that, I'm never going to see Dick Gregory in Miami or I'm not going to see him, you know, I'm, I'm so happy I got to see him, and that's like cool shit that you can see in Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, I played fl- I played flag football, not flag football. I played two on two touch football with Cat Williams one time in Pan Pacific mm-hmm. Park because he just showed up. What? He just showed up. I don't think I've ever told this story. It was me and my brother. We were just throwing routes, like that's what we used to do for exercise. What? And then also this man came up. This man came up. He uh, he he he. He dilly-dallied up to us and... But wait, what were you throwing? A football. We are throwing a football. Oh, you said some word. Huh? Throwing rounds? Yeah, we were throwing throwing routes. uh, Running routes for exercise. Okay, I didn't know what that meant. Do a slant, do a post, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And this dude uh, dilly-dallied up to us to let you know how tall he was. And and he was wearing like... (laughs) A camouflage tank top, camouflage <laughs> pants, and bedazzled gold sneakers, and oh uh, and also and also a, a camouflage beanie, and it was like it was so weird. It was like a television show where someone makes a cameo and everyone says the full name of the person. Like all of a sudden he goes, he goes, he's like, "Excuse me, gentlemen." We're like, "Cat Williams." <laughs> <laughs> How could you not? I would do that too. I would freeze and. Stop. Yeah, we said his full name, and he goes, "Do you mind if I play football with you?" And I was like, "Yeah, can we do that?" And he goes, "He goes, I see two gentlemen on the other side. Do you want to ask them? And maybe one of us can be all-time QB." And we're like, "That's a great idea, Cat Williams." And then we just we played. He was really good. Um, I've never told that story before. I've oh, never. That's very cool. It was so much fun, and that's stuff that you could do in Los Angeles. Yeah. Here, like. Maybe I see like Gloria Stefan's fourth band member from '83 do a line of coke at a library. Maybe <laughs> at a library. There's no libraries in Miami, please. Yeah, there's no libraries in Miami. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! No, honestly, you know what's crazy? Growing up, in my, I've seen co- more, way more cocaine in Los Angeles than I ever did in Miami growing up. Yeah, that's because the whole um, cliche, like agency people the, the managers and the agents they really that that's those are the only people that i know these days that do coke in la mm-hmm. i've seen it like crazy man i've seen it so like it's just so it was weird because they've come out with like they've come out with like energy drinks and shit like that since the 80s it's really weird that people just like it's pretty much the same effect man i haven't seen it in several years come to think of it I, I haven't seen him in like a couple of years, but, but that's because I've, adjust, I've adjusted the people that I've hung out with. So that's probably why it's, it's crazy. There's some people still living in the eighties with that shit. Yeah. The last people that I saw with it are like well into their forties and like should have shit a little further along and don't. No, they shouldn't. That's who they should be. <laughs> Good, for Good for them. Um, and you know what? I, I can't judge. I've never done it before. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't need it. Huh? <laughs> you don't need it. Thanks, person who's done it a bunch. Um, no, um, no. I I told you a story, and I said I wasn't going to bring this up, but you said you you liked the story of how my parents met. 
I love the story of how your parents met. Yeah, my for those listening, my my parents met in the eighties in Miami. Um, my my mother was a was a reporter. My dad was a cameraman. That's, That's how they met. So yes, yeah, it sexual harassment works sometimes. Um. <laughs> And, and it was my mom sexually harassing my dad. So do you see? That's that's. There, there you go. I was about to be like, I do not endorse the ideas of my guests. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they reported on the cocaine wars together, mm-hmm. and they would tell me these stories, just of like, like Cuban men, like my brother, my dad's like friends from his neighborhood, like getting shot selling coke like i had a friend of mine her father went away for like 17 years for driving a boat that had the shit in it and i didn't see it and then i remember the first time i saw it was in college and these kids from long island like long island new york put it in front of me and they started doing it and they offered me and i wanted to beat the shit out of all of them. I was really angry. Yeah, after that's what you grow up seeing. Yeah, once they told me the stories, I was like, hey, we're all getting shot. Like, like my, my, not my, I'm not like a my people person. I'm really not like that. I, I like to think more individualistically, but it does hurt me to think like these immigrant people were killing one another. And then the first time I see it, it's some, kid from like it's some affluent kid from long island that has right. I'm like i'm like this is what so that's why i don't personally do it and also like i said just naturally wiring in the morning i i've always told people i'm like i don't want to do it because i'm afraid of of for the people around me mm-hmm. when i'm on i'm like i'll probably be like on the ceiling shooting webs out of my hand and shit like it'll turn me it'll probably turn me into a superhero <laughs> which which makes me realize I should do it. I want to be a superhero. So please, please, Galena, just like send me some from the. Car. That'll turn you into a superhero. Meanwhile, I'm over here thinking my allergy shots are going to turn me into a superhero. Yeah, right. I asked. I was like, so I'm getting treated for pollen and for dogs. <laughs> and I was like, so what you're telling me is that this thing that you're shooting into me, somebody is in a laboratory literally collecting like dog drool and fur like dander off a dog and putting it in a bottle and I'm getting injected with it. So I'm like, at what point am I just going to start like sniffing butts and chasing balls in a park? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm getting injected with dog drool every week. What what kind of dog would you be if you were a dog? I would be a Pomeranian. <laughs> a Pomeranian? Yes. I like that. That's cool. Yeah, I would be a red Pomeranian. That's, that's a really good choice. And this, and I did not have an answer prepared. Like, this is one of the, like, you know, when people ask you a question, they usually have the answer themselves. Oh, so for they, them, yeah. I do not have the answer, I guess. <laughs> I, I have shit. an answer for you. You have an answer for me? What am I? I want to hear yours first. And you can take a beat. You want to say it on the count of three? One, two, three, DMX. Uh-huh. Um, um, <laughs> what I swear to God, I was I felt so bad when DMX died. Um, and then it, I was walking down the street, and this pit bull barked like really hard at me, and I was like, I think DMX's spirit is in that pit bull. I really, <laughs> hope, I really hope DMX's spirit is in is in a pit bull right now, like a really sweet, 
like a pit bull that puts his paws together and prays and stuff. Yes, I think it is. I think it definitely is. I saw a great, (laughs) this is not good fodder for a podcast, but I saw an incredible TikTok where it was like a guy was like, oh, I'm in heaven waiting to see who's coming through the gates next. And it started playing party up. Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) And he's just like, everyone in heaven is just like jumping and dancing. And I'm like, this is actually very cute. Yeah, DMX was like, he was like a guy for a long time. He really was, yeah. He was doing movies and stuff. He was doing, I remember he doing movies with people like Jet Li and shit. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, he was he was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, Rough Riders, that whole Rough Riders uh, thing. Eve, it made me think of Eve the other day. Mm-hmm. You, you, know the, you remember the rapper Eve? Of course, Eve, the fucking tattoos right here. I bought, yeah, I bought the, I bought that Scorpion album. That's one of the few out. I was a feminist way before. Like, yeah, way CD before. with Gwen Stefani that was like amazing. Yeah, let, uh, let me blow your mind. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was a really great song. It's like when Gwen Stefani was venturing out of the the No Doubt stuff. I'm pretty sure that was before Hollaback Girl. That was right after No Doubt, right before Hollaback Girl. When she I think that so, and, and that was, I mean, her, I will always think that, like, coolest Gwen was No Doubt Gwen. It's different. For her experimenting. It's different. It's for different. Her. Some of it was definitely really good and really catchy, but some of it I was like, I like Hollaback Girls, not for me. It's a little too kitschy. It was for most people, though. That's the point. Yeah, it was for most people, for sure. It was for most people. I'm like, I'm sure, I'm sure Pharrell's fans, like Pharrell's diehard fans, hate Happy. Probably, yeah. They probably hate it to death, uh, but, you know, a lot of people like it. Like, so, yeah. from the era of DMX, here's mm-hmm. a little fun fact for you. Did you know Ja Rule passed up on Ludacris's role in the Fast and Furious, and he could have been in this freaking ten movie franchise, and he said no. He was he was in the Fast and Furious? Yeah, he was just in two for like a second, but he was supposed to get that role, and he turned it down. Wow. Mm-hmm. You you hear stuff about the? I was listening to a to a podcast about the Notebook the other day, the movie The Notebook. There's and a podcast they, about it. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to mention other podcasts, but the point of this podcast and is... And you listened to it? <laughs> yeah, it's. I like listening to movie podcasts. Yeah, I like listening to it. It's a very popular movie. I've seen it a bunch. And because the chemistry is really good, but the story is just terrible. Like, I hate... I don't like Nicholas Sparks. I think it's very... I think it's very... To- I, think, I think what porn does to brainwash young men nicholas sparks does to brainwash young women I you're really right do think, you're right that's a good option. i really do think it's that like any woman who would think like i have a choice of two men mm-hmm. and they're just waiting for me my i'll bang them both and they'll wait for me to make my selection it's like no one's gonna do that those two guys are gonna go watch lebron james play basketball and leave you alone that's <laughs> um, not gonna happen um uh so i was I was listening and, and there, was, there was like a, they talk about like other casting choices, people that passed over the thing. Mm-hmm. And I think this, they said that Jessica Biel uh, had the part, uh, Rachel McAdams' part. She would have ruined said, it. Huh? She would have ruined it. You're right. I think she would have ruined it. Um, I don't really think she has range at all. I feel like she's always the same like, I don't know. I guess I shouldn't just sit here and shit on her. I'm just not a fan. I don't really know what she's... What's, like, her most famous thing? I don't remember. Seventh Heaven? Seventh... Oh, yeah, I never watched Seventh Heaven. Neither did I. <laughs> yeah, no. There's just a bunch of things I've never watched. Yeah, me too. 
Yeah, no, that whole era of uh, of uh, I finally watched Dawson's Creek for the first time. Did you? I never watched that one, but I was really into what Buffy the Vampire Slayer was that era. That was like big for me. Sarah Michelle Gellar. Yes. Yeah, she was awesome. I did like me some Sarah Michelle Gellar. Uh, but I, it was funny because I watched Dawson's Creek because I I've had this catchphrase, not catchphrase, but there's this thing that I'll say that if I'm trying to enjoy myself, but someone's trying to bring their personal drama mm-hmm. into a conversation I'm having. And it's, it's, it's usually a, a lady. Um, like if I'm talking with some people and then, a, you know, some, a younger gal joins the conversation and she starts going like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm seeing this guy and he's acting this way. And, and we're trying to talk about like fun stuff. Yeah. I'll just go like, she'll be like, what should I do? I'll be like, just break up with him. The same Dawson's Creek motherfucker. That's what I always say. <laughs> I was like, this ain't Dawson's Creek motherfucker. That's what I always say. <laughs> That's what I say anyone who's over the age of 21. Anyone other, under the age of 21, I'll be like, this ain't Riverdale, motherfucker. Like, Riverdale. Yep, that's right. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I have this theory that people, when they're bored, they Dawson's Creekify their own existence. Like, they start, oh, like, these, they start these weird rivalries or they'll, mm-hmm. they'll, do, they'll, they'll date in bubbles just, to, like, just so they can feel some shit. Yeah. Um, Only some people. I just stay bored. Yeah, I just no. I mean, I stay. I stay interesting. Like I stay actually interesting. I've, I've never. Uh, I've always just tried to stay away from that shit. Um, but I watched Austin's Creek. I finally just watched it, and within the first episode, I'm like, man, there's shit in the first episode you can't say anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I've like, so many shows. Yeah, Katie Holmes refers to her mom's boyfriend as her black boyfriend. <laughs> Like, my yeah. mom's black boyfriend. I was like, whoa, that's, this is the first episode. This is, <laughs> wow, hot shit, dude. It's, it's up there. I'm sure it'll be, uh, I'm sure it'll be uh, canceled next. Yeah, uh, but uh, wait, what about we kind of got away from talking about the Notebook podcast? Okay. What about the Notebook podcast? <laughs> you brought it up. <laughs> yeah, and I watched it today again. That movie, that, that movie to me is really, like, a it's an anomaly mm-hmm. because I think it's two of the best, like it's, it's two of the best romantic performances ever, mm-hmm. but the story is just shit, which yeah. means like Ryan Gosling and Rachel McAdams are just so talented. Is that what that, the podcast said? No, that's not what they said. That's what I've inferred. Mm-hmm. Cause it's just like, just some of the dialogue is just shit. It's just really bad. And there's, uh, it's, I don't want to go through it right now. It's just really, really bad. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't want to rehash this. Uh, yeah. I, I, but I'm different with my, like, what's your favorite romantic movie of all time? <laughs> I know mine. This is, this is one that I actually can't right. answer. Uh, my favorite is Love and Basketball. It's my favorite romantic movie of all time. All right. Do you know that movie? I know of it. I have not seen it. You dirty cracker. It is Sanaa. <laughs> it is, I always say her name wrong. Is it Sanaa or Sanae Lathan? Sanaa Lathan? You don't know that either. Oh, uh, God. Wish I wasn't talking with a dirty cracker. Sanaa or Sanae Lathan and Omar Epps. They're a, fe- they're, a female and, and they're a female and male basketball couple that like meet as kids. It's so good. Yeah. It's so good. Like, it's like, wow, this is like, 
good performances and a good story. I like that. I, I like that stuff a lot. I would I would want to see more stuff like that. Like, oh, I don't know if you've ever heard this. Did you ever hear that the – you ever watched the movie The Wrestler? No. You watch, you watch Black Swan? Yes. Okay, so there's there's Black Swan, and then that's with Natalie Portman, and it's about a, an obsessed ballerina, a manically obsessed ballerina. And then there's The Wrestler with Mickey Rourke, which is about a guy who's obsessed with wrestling. Like, he's an aging wrestler. So what I found out was, through some research, Darren Aronofsky directs both those movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Wrestler and um, and uh, and Black Swan. Mm-hmm. Apparently, originally it was supposed to be one movie. It was supposed to be about a a wrestler who was in love with a ballerina, and they were both really obsessed with what they did, and it ruined their relationship, their obsessions for their like. The, and then eventually, the guy just split the shit up into. To I I really just like movies like that. I really like movies. I never knew that. That is a fun fact. That that was. That is a fun fact. I like that a lot. Um, I really love the wrestler and Black Swan. They're both awesome. I want to have my Black Swan moment in comedy. (laughs) I'm sorry. I just want one night where I'm wheeling and dealing. Like you know that scene in Black Swan where she does like ten, ten twirls like 10 spins and she becomes an actual black swan and her eyes turn red and everything like that. Yeah. I want a night where I just like my punchlines are going so well and everything's hitting. And then eventually I just turn into an actual clown. (laughs) (laughs) clown. Yeah. And then I, and then I, and then I, and then I kill myself like right after. (laughs) (laughs) Right after I become a full clown. I so wanted to wrap this up on a happy beat, but (laughs) I'll slip on a banana and break my neck. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it can be dark. It just has to still be funny. <laughs> okay, my bad. Uh, you want to wrap it up on a good note? Yes. Oh, uh, you probably should put in the chat like five minute warning, like like have yeah. some fun anecdotes. <laughs> like, Mike, have you have you found any? Okay, we're not on a super uh, time restraint. It's just when you I get can cut it. Either way, you and I are just talking shit. So like, we are just talking shit. We're just talking shit. Um. Uh okay, something lighter. What am I? Oh, it's some light shit. Um, <laughs> what are you looking forward to in the next month? Being alive. No. <laughs> 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 the ne- actually, I got. Um, I am gonna be in Chicago in August. Oh, fun! Yeah, I'm gonna be headlining there. I'm very happy about it, and it's the week of my birthday. And I actually lived in Chicago. Uh, for a year I told you that I love Chicago I've been there many times it's a great city to perform in and and I'm really looking forward to that because apparently some there's people that I know that want to come out and, and visit and stuff like that. so it might end up being like one of the great birthday weeks of my life it might end up not being that good but I've been really lucky like the last four birthdays I've had have been very memorable and amazing you were you were at um I think you were at two of them yeah at least two maybe three you were at that barbecue yes the barbecue, and then you also performed at the uh, yeah, the, show. the show in the wine the wine the wine cellar. Didn't you have some other backyard shindig as well? A backyard shindig. That was the barbecue. There, yeah, but wasn't there another one before that? Was there another one before? I uh, know. It's okay. 
I might be making it. It might have not been for a birthday. It might have been for something else. I think it might have been for something else. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my my I've been very lucky with my birthdays in my older age. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not to say they weren't good when I was younger, but they just, they just mean more when you're older. They mean more for sure. They mean way more. So I'm hoping that that, that, that like that is gonna be the weekend. I'm planning everything out. Like, why don't you why don't you come to Chicago? Um, we'll see. I'm supposed to come to Chicago. Have a good time with me, please. Please enjoy. I'm gonna be 26 years old. It's gonna be. <laughs> He's turning 26 again. I'm turning 26 this year because I've been turning back the clock the last four years. Um. So where can people find you? At Mike the Menendez on Instagram. That's the only place. At Mike the Menendez. That's where I post all my shows and everything like that. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'm gonna end the recording, but I'll, I'll stay on with you for a second. Stay on me? All right, cool. Everybody, thank you so much for listening and stay curious.